Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the best of edition of the Steve Jones Show on this Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve is working his way back from Bloomington, Indiana. He was a part of the golf outing with all of the Big Ten broadcasters. So. That was a lot of fun for him to get away for a couple of days, so he's making his way back from that. So we'll do a best-of version today on this Wednesday. Today's show, of course, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of new and pre-owned inventory, a great service department that is there for you with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance with many of those awesome technicians ready to serve you. And SMC still looking for more of those awesome technicians ready to serve you. You can check them out online at sunburymotors.com or you can call Todd at 286-7746. Then, of course, there's the fabulous sales department that is there for you and to save you money, not just there for the sale. It's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. So today on this Best of Edition today, we'll replay our interview with college football insider from the Action Network, Brett McMurphy. He joined us on the show on Monday, as Steve talked about yesterday, talking about this chaos that's come up all of a sudden with the Big Ten media deal, what's going on with Magnificent Seven in the ACC, what continues to go on with the stalemate that is the Pac-12 so we'll replay that interview at 4.06 today. Then we'll have Ray Roundtree, the former Nittany Lion himself, working with Comcast now in the business world. We'll replay that interview at 3.35. Former Penn Stater Matt McGloin, who was on the sideline for the Big Ten Network for the Penn State spring game, we'll replay that interview at 4.35 today. Coming up next, we'll replay Ross Tucker. We had him on a couple of weeks ago to recap the Eagles draft and the offseason to this point and where they stand heading into next season as the defending NFC champ. So that's what's coming up today. Plus, if you missed a big announcement that Steve made a couple of weeks ago regarding Penn State football for next season, you'll definitely want to stay tuned toward the end of the show. We'll replay that brief announcement as well. So it should be a lot of fun here on the show today and playing back some of these good interviews and times that we had on the show recently over the last couple of weeks or so but it wouldn't be an opening segment I guess that would include me as Steve would say without a trip to the bitterness cafe and I do have one today but I do think it's one that a lot of people I think agree with and that is this new rule that was passed by the NFL owners during their meetings this week to allow flexing for Thursday night football, it will now be allowed between weeks 13 and 17. And you have to have 28 days notice for a team, and a team cannot be on the road twice for Thursday night football. So at least there are some contingencies there, 
But I, I got to tell you, you all know me. I'm the first one to criticize a coach or a coaching staff when things don't go well. But this now puts them behind the eight ball so much more. I don't care if you put this months in advance. Because it's already tough for teams to come back and play on a Thursday night following a Sunday game. But and but that, and that's when they expect it to happen. When they first get the schedule, it comes out. And this year, of course, you got teams that are playing two Thursday night games, including the Steelers at this point. And now you're allowing this flex scheduling where this can happen within four weeks' notice, and all of a sudden you got to make another quick change to your schedule, which is a dramatic change because everything's consolidated into three days, even less if you're the team that has to travel. And just, you know, again, we're talking about player safety here again, and they also passed the kickoff rule, which is basically like college football where the fair catch is on a kickoff inside the 25, the ball's going to be placed to the 25. How does this help player safety? Once again, the hypocrisy with that topic with the NFL has come again with this by allowing flex scheduling for Thursday night football. But just the logistics of it, by making it, by putting the teams on edge that they may have to play an, a, another Thursday night game with less notice at a critical point toward the end of the season where a lot is on the line, it's becoming less justifiable to put the blame on coaches when this is what they're up against. I mean, you're asking a lot, not only of the players, of course, but of the coaches who put this game plan together. Now, of course, they are, they do work on the game plan weeks in, week in and week out, weeks in advance, especially when you get toward the end of the regular season. You know, you have coaches, staff that, you have coaches on the coaching staff that will work on certain teams later on in the year. And a lot of these games are divisional games. The NFL did that purposefully so you can have some of these marquee games late in the season with a lot on the line. So I guess that can help from somewhat of a, a preparation standpoint for these teams. But still, the logistics of it, to all of a sudden say, hey, you're going to play now on a Thursday night after you play a game on Sunday, that late in the season when bodies are already beat up even after having a bye week, and then just having to turn around real quick and all of a sudden we got to go back to a consolidated week to get ready for a Thursday night game, especially if you have to go on the road. It makes zero sense to me. I think it's only going to hurt the product, not improve the product. And like I said, it's going to be less justifiable to blame coaches for losses when you've got these almost impossible circumstances. So this is this is not good. I am not a fan of this whatsoever. I don't mind Thursday night football. I think it's gotten slightly better with the better matchups that they've been getting. It was horrendous at first because you just had awful matchups like Jacksonville and Tennessee, something like that, a matchup that nobody cares about. I mean, we're talking a couple years ago before these teams got good, but you get the point. The matchups have been better. The product's been a little bit better. Amazon did a nice job in their first year last year. But still, this is not ideal for players or coaches. And players and coaches, by the way, were also against this new kickoff rule. So the NFL is just ignoring what the players and coaches want. They're just not on the same page whatsoever. They're just doing what they want to continue the cash flow. That is why the reason that the NFL is and will always be king. But this is not good. This is not good for the game whatsoever. So there you go. 
That was the trip to the Bitterness Cafe for the day. But that'll do for that for now, because next we are going to replay Ross Tucker to keep the NFL conversation going as we recap the Eagles draft coming up on a best of the Steve Jones show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Welcome back to Best of the Steve Jones Show on this Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. And we're now going to replay Ross Tucker. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You hear him on Westwood One as well, doing the college and the NFL. You also see him occasionally on PCN for the PIAA Football Championships as well. And you hear him on the Eagles Radio Network pregame show and on the Eagles Television Network for the preseason. Ross Tucker, he joined us a couple weeks ago recapping the Eagles draft. All right, great to have you with us today, and great to be joined by our old friend, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check it out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, and also, obviously, about myfrontpagestory.com. Mother's Day is coming up. Ross, welcome back. Steve, what's up, man? Always good to hear your voice. How are you? Great, great to hear. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing fantastic. Thank you. So, what? Just a general uh, draft impression. What did you think about the draft? All these guys now have to make that that chasm leap from college to the NFL. What struck you about the whole thing? Well, um, you know, obviously, I'm probably a little bit biased because I do a lot of work for the Eagles, but. Um, it was pretty impressive what they were able to do. I mean, I, you know, I guess the way I look at it, Steve, is there were not very many mock drafts that had Jalen Carter still available at 9 or 10 where the Eagles got him. I didn't see any of them have, you know, Nolan Smith still available at 30 off the edge. Right. And then, yeah. I mean, even for those psychos that do like the seven-round drafts, and I say that you know, <laughs> as a compliment, but those yeah. psychopaths that do the seven-round mock drafts, you know, I, I also didn't see Keely Ringo in the fourth round. So, to do all that and uh, and still get DeAndre Swift, because remember, a lot of people wanted them to take B. John Robinson. It's right. just really, really impressive. And you know, I saw one report where you know, some of the GMs aren't happy with all of the credit that Eagles general manager Howie Roseman gets. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe maybe do some of the stuff he does. Maybe have a roster as good as his. Well, I want to ask you about DeAndre Swift. Uh, he has been a good NFL back. Uh, how important is it, and I didn't say great because I think he's good, but how important is it because you have Jalen Hurts that good is good enough? Well, I do think that there's something to that, and that's why I never really bought into the Bijan Robinson thing because right. – you know, even like the Falcons taking him at eight. I mean, Steve, I think that's twenty-three million dollars fully guaranteed, which is the third most for any running back in the league. So it's not just taking a guy at eight; it's the money that they end up getting uh, guaranteed relative to other guys at their position, which is part of it. And I, and I never really bought it because I guess you know the the guy in free agency that got the most money of the running backs. And there was a bunch of running backs in free agency was Miles Sanders, you know, former yeah. Penn Stater, which is great. I'm happy for Miles. But, you know, Miles Sanders got six and a half million a year. I mean, in the playoffs for the Eagles, 
Kenny Gainwell was kind of out playing him. He out, out snapped him. And so I guess I felt like Gainwell and Boston Scott were the floor for the Eagles at that position. And then mm-hmm. they kind of already gotten Rashad Penny, I felt like, as the ceiling. And now they got kind of another lottery ticket. I mean, the only knocks really on Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift is that they both have had their fair share of injuries, Penny more than DeAndre. Yeah. So if you have both of them, you know, maybe they'll take turns getting hurt. You always have one healthy. Right, exactly. Well, exactly right. And that that's, you know, durability is the big, big part of it for them. Do you feel now, after looking at how it's come together, that they now have as close to a complete team as you can have? Because only one NFC team has lost the Super Bowl since 1974 and re- and gone back, and that was the 74 Vikings. So how complete do you think they are as a team, and, and how important is N'Kobe Dean moving forward to make that team more complete? Yeah, so I don't think their roster is as good as it was last year, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be. Um, I think that's very, very difficult. I think they had the best roster in team history last year. So they had the yeah. best roster in the NFL, and not even really by a small margin. When you just think about the depth that they had at all of these positions, I mean, they, they still lost seven thirds. And yeah. the guys they're bringing in, you know, whether it's Cam Jurgen or Tyler Steen at right guard, there's a very good chance that they're not as good as Isaac Samalo was last year. Sure. Right? right. And then uh, they're probably right now worse at both safety spots. Um, even the corners, Slay and Bradbury are a year older. I don't know that they're going to be a year better. Um, you have to think they're worse at both linebacker spots. I mean, right now it's N'Kobe Dean, who you just referenced, and Nicholas Morrow. I mean, they're not as good as Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards. Maybe they'll be good enough. Right. But I don't think you can say that. And even Jalen Carter, who might have been the best player in the draft, I mean, that would be a heck of a year if he can play as well as Javon Hargrave played last year for the Birds. All right, no, yeah, exa- exactly right moving forward. But the, the same story is for everybody else around him. Everybody else around him isn't as good either. I think the Giants got a little bit better. I'm not so sure the Cowboys got better. And Washington's Washington. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think, you know, it's not always that, whether you're as talented as last year, I always take a look at where are the other guys. Well, uh, and the one thing I will say about that is I do feel like the Cowboys closed the gap a little bit because they didn't really lose anybody. No, and they, and they they gained Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, who yeah. I think, by the way, uh, can both still play yeah. at a high level at positions of need for the Cowboys and the teams they got them from I think are paying some of their salary definitely in Brandon Cooks' case so I think um, the Eagles came back to the pack a little bit and I think the Cowboys got a little bit better so you know we'll find out obviously this fall if it's better enough that they can outplay the Eagles but the Eagles absolutely are still a Super Bowl contender, and I would say probably still the favorite in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, you understand this better than anybody else. How big a jump is it from college to pros? Well, it's significant. Um, although, you know what, Steve, it's so funny, because on um, on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, 
I had on Henry Bird, who's a mm-hmm. undrafted free agent. He signed with the Broncos. He's a Princeton yep. kid. But yep. I don't know. It might be the first offensive lineman to sign from Princeton since me. I don't even know. But it's <laughs> been a right. while. Um, yep. But, you know, the thing I told him is, and Steve, you'll appreciate this, when I was in college at Princeton and we would watch like Penn State play Michigan or Notre Dame or whatever, right? We'd honestly sit there and think, well, how would we play against them if we had like 13 guys on the field the whole game, right? <laughs> and then when I got to my first mini camp, I guess I had built them up so much in my head. Even the younger guys, like my age, like LeVar Arrington, you know, he's such a high school legend for four years that. I didn't know if Bruce Smith and Big Daddy Wilkinson, like, I didn't know if they'd pick me up and throw me or what would happen, right? Like, right. I, I really didn't know what to expect. So, after minicamp, you know, every snap, they moved me to right tackle. And every snap, I was going against a kid named Terry Bryant, who yep. was second team all ACC DN yep. from Clemson. Yep. And, Steve, I kept thinking during, like, minicamp, like, when's he going to turn the Clemson on? You know what right. I mean? Like, what? When's he going to turn the good one? And don't get me wrong. Uh, it's right. a big leap mentally, and everything happens so much faster. The biggest jumps are actually in the speed of play, the mental processing speed, and the technique I found more than actually the speed. I mean, look, when you watch a – when Penn State plays Ohio State, those guys are all running 4-4. They're all, you know, they're all running fast for their position – it's sure. actually how fast they see things, how yeah. fast they process, and then uh, how good their te- technique is, which is the biggest difference I found. And I just want to slip it at the end of the uh, myfrontpagestory.com. I always love when, when you do this every year. Well, I appreciate it because I love your show, especially when I'm up in Sunbury or anywhere near Bucknell. Love listening 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. and. Uh, it's the coolest Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of. My sister and I got one for my mom. I mean, to have a story, it looks like it's in the Daily Item, that written all about right. your mom or your wife. It's beautiful. It has pictures of her. It's framed. I mean, for, for us to be able to say, Mom, we wanted something special, so we had a story written about you. My mom thought we were, like, the best kids of all time. And then she read a quote <laughs> from my sister that said she wouldn't be the woman she is today. Without, without. I mean, my mom started crying. So, if you want your mom or your wife to cry happy tears, it's myfrontpagestory.com, and she'll have it hanging up in the house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Trust me, Steve, and everybody in the valley. Myfrontpagestory.com. Myfrontpagestory.com. It is so cool, and so are you, Ross. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Anytime, Steve. Looking forward to listening to you this year, man. I think they're going to have a good team. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Ross. Ross That is Ross Tucker recapping the Eagles draft and offseason so far. And I pretty much concur with what he said. I think the Giants are a little bit better than people people realize. I think the Giants can be a 10-win team. When I looked at the schedule, when the schedule came out a couple weeks ago, that's where I had him there. But I think, again, it's going to be another three-way race for the NFC East. That's going to be another grinded-out dogfight between the Eagles, Giants, and the Cowboys, but I agree the Eagles are still the favorites right now. Offensively, they should be pick up right where they left off last year. The biggest question marks are defense with all the changes that were made 
this offseason. And, of course, you have all the changes on the coaching staff. More Again, more concern on the defensive end with Sean Desai coming in than I would say with Brian Johnson because at least he was the quarterback coach last year with the Eagles. He knows Jalen Hurts well. I think that's an easy transition. And again, a lot of this is Nick Sirianni's game plan and, and system that he wants to implement there. So I think there's no problems on offense. Defense is where you have a lot of the question marks. And I think the Eagles are going to be an 11-win team next year, maybe even 12, give or take some 50-50 games, I think could be the case. Just an early look at the schedule there. Coming up next in the next half hour, we'll replay Ray Roundtree, former former Penn State Nittany Line, of course, on the 1986 National Championship team. He's doing well in the business world right now. Steve caught up with him a couple weeks ago. We'll replay that in the next half hour. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show, a best of edition today. Matt Catrillo here with you. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Steve making his way back from the Big Ten Broadcasters Golf Tournament in Indiana in Bloomington. So we'll catch back up with Steve tomorrow. But for now, we're doing a best of today. And we had former Nittany Lion Ray Roundtree join us a couple of weeks ago. He's enjoying some success now in the business world. But he also remembered his playing days at Penn State, including winning the national championship in 1986. And Ray joined us a couple of weeks ago. If I remember correctly, Ray... You were one of the first players, if not the first player, to go from a double-digit number, which I think your original number was like 86 or something like that, and wore six. You know, I think our class, my freshman year, was the first year that uh, Penn State introduced the single-digit number. Yeah. So we were all excited. And um, I don't think we had much of a choice because, of course, the – the uh, upperclassmen <laughs> had the uh, first right. phase. So I think it was a yeah. default thing more so than it was a, a chosen direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Gee, I wonder who was setting the rules back then. I'm trying to think now. You know, I'm trying to remember that guy's name. I, you yeah. know, it doesn't come to mind right now, but maybe it'll come back at some point yeah. during the conversation. Like, like during during practice, like would his voice get a little higher? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, it it, uh, it all depends on the level of intensity at the time, but there is a tendency yeah. for him to get a little bit excited about a few things. Yeah, and I probably gave him a, a few too many things to get excited about over my career. So. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, not you. You were pretty darn good. All I know, I felt you were as precise as precise gets. I mean, I mean, at least that was my opinion watching you play. Well, thanks. It's it's nice to know that I could I could hide all those deficiencies, so it makes me feel much better. Oh. I do that every Saturday with Jack Ham. What are you talking about? All right, so. <laughs> hey, You're uh, safe to say that now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I want to quickly talk about your current role, and then I want to ask you a couple of quick questions about your great years here. You're doing a lot right now with, with Comcast Xfinity. And you're doing a lot with your network expansion right now, especially with the 10G network. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, we're excited. One, you think about um, just the being able to help close the digital divide is an, an incredible opportunity and something that we're tremendously focused on. Uh, but when you think about our 10G network, really, uh, in our expansion into a lot of areas, and a lot of areas that your listeners are are, are being serviced in on a daily basis. And there's really three ways that's happening. One, you know, we're expanding our network in the areas that we may have missed the new developments through our simple extensions of our network. And this could be a network that's been newly developed and newly started, new construction homes, and we have to go back and fill in the blank. And we've got a lot of those in, in State College and Liberty Township. The second area is really how do we expand on projects on a much greater scale in places like Greg Township, or, and we have a lot of work going on there. We're looking to have some of that completed here this year. So there's a, a tremendous amount of focus on our team and making sure that we provide our great services in those areas. And lastly, which is an area that we're also very excited about, is that we we successfully bid for over $4.5 million in state funding to help us expand in a number of places, including residential homes and businesses and places like Liberty, Kirtman, West Township. So really bringing that 10G experience to all of these places that help us really provide service in those unserved and underserved areas that we've grown accustomed to. And that's really exciting in terms of what we've been able to do. And that's something that's talked about all the time. They talk about all the time about making sure that the ability to get Wi-Fi, the ability to get Ethernet connections into rural areas is so uh, makes such a big difference for youth, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's our youth. It's for educational purposes. It's for our veterans that may, you know, you think about the opportunities that we can come in and provide that Wi-Fi experience. So situations where you had to get in your vehicle, find transportation to get medical advice and knowledge, you're able to bring that into the home. So it's exciting to be able to do that. But you're hit on the, hit the nail on the head in terms of the educational experiences that provide. Just think about this world we live in today and trying to conduct business or research mm-hmm. or find information without the internet 
And we've got we've got our kids and, and children in some of these rural areas that are driving miles to find that closest McDonald's or someplace that they can connect just to do tasks that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis. So very excited about that. And another way that we're really trying to close that divide is what we call some of our lift zones. And that's where we go right. into communities and provide Wi-Fi service. And we've done that in three areas in your in your area, in Belfont Youth Center, in our Borough Street Youth Center and State College, and our Stormbreak Girls Group Home and State College. So those are areas where we're going on, we're providing these safe spaces for people to connect to Wi-Fi service so they can just do the things that we take for granted on a day-to-day basis. I mean, this is digital equity is what it is. I mean, that's what you're doing. Absolutely, 100%. You come out of Aiken, South Carolina. What was it that made you say, you know what, Penn State's my place? You know, I think it was a couple of things. You know, I I had a couple of visits, and it came down to a few schools. But I, I think the difference for me was you had to choose that place that you just felt most comfortable And when I stepped on campus, it wasn't flashy. I wasn't set up in a five-star hotel. I was in the dorm with uh, the likes of, you know, they parked me up, paired me up with uh, DJ Dozier and Tim Johnson and just great guys. It was just that you you feel comfortable. You feel like these are the type of individuals that on a day-to-day basis, regardless if it's football, it's school, uh, or in the neighborhood, these are the types of individuals that you wanted to be associated with. And, and, well, and it goes without saying, a great university, yeah. great opportunity yeah. to get a, a top-notch education and play for one of the premier programs in the country. And you were able to play in two national championship games during that, the tough one in the Orange Bowl, obviously, after an 11-0, but then winning the whole thing in 86 and beating Miami. Uh, there were a lot of big games during that season. You had a big game against Alabama. You had a big game, I recall, against Notre Dame. Um, but you got to the championship game, and the world told you you couldn't win. What was it that allowed you to win? I think, one, you look at the character of the team that we had that year. and You had just some outstanding leaders. Uh, Shane Conlon on defense, DJ Dozier, Tim, uh, John Schaefer. Um, so I think it started with just a tremendous group of leaders that we had that gave us the belief that anything is possible, and and a coaching staff that you know you give them three to four weeks to prepare. They were going to put together a game plan that second to none. I think we had a great coaching staff, and then the ability. I mean, the thing we lose sight of is just the talent that we also had on that team, and being able to bring no it all kidding. together. We had a, a, a group of guys that really believed in each other, that was willing to uh, trust the system, the process, the game plan that we put together. And, boy, I mean, it's one of those things that on that particular day, you know, everything just came together. It sure did on that particular day. It's one of the truly proud moments in the history of the, of the, of the program. If I recall correctly, the day before the game, you were scheduled to have a practice on New Year's Day, and Joe said you guys are ready and called it off. If I, I believe that's the story, and should that be the story, what kind of confidence did that instill in you when he did that? You know, again, we had such you know belief in our coaching staff, and um, the thing about it is that they truly understood the team 
and when to push us, when to pull back, and um, having that trust in them, you just you know gave you a tremendous amount of belief that every every Saturday when you lace them up, you're going to put yourself in a position to win. And I tell people today, you know, we may not have won all the games, but I never went into a game with the feeling that I wasn't prepared, that we we saw something that was different that we hadn't practiced for or just caught us off guard. Now that didn't mean we went won every game, but I can tell you there's the preparation that went into um, getting us ready to lace them up on, on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, you knew that you're going to be put in a position to be successful. And I think just even going through that preparation uh, for the Fiesta Bowl, I think everyone felt the same way. Ray, what did that experience of Penn State football and, and how the program was won, what are some elements that you carry today from that experience that allows you to do the job you're doing for Xfinity and Comcast? You know, I think there's a couple of things. I, I tell folks today, I think sports is just one of those unbelievable things that give you an opportunity when it comes to leadership skills, when it comes to overcoming adversity, uh, when you get knocked down, how quickly can you get up? Uh, but one of the things that I think you learn that probably goes overlooked is how to take feedback in the business world. Because you can imagine, you talked about the level of intensity that our coaching staff has. has. When you come to that sideline, oh, by the way, you may get some, some feedback, <laughs> whether good or bad. You, you, may, you may be putting yourself in a position of feeling that. How you're able to take that and respond uh, on the moment, be able to pivot and change direction when the things in your business climate goes a different way than you anticipated, just to be able to anticipate those things. And when you see them, not thinking, not looking backwards, but starting to look forward. I often use the example when you go to the line of scrimmage and John Schiffer gets there and he looks at the defense and he calls an audible. You know, he's seeing something that maybe from your vantage point you don't see, but how can he put us in the best position on offense to be successful? And I think going into the business climate, you know, you see those opportunities every day. Instead of wasting time thinking about what happened yesterday, how do we look forward to the next play, the next opportunity for us to be the most successful that we can be? I had a great breakfast with John before the Rutgers game in November. Uh, final question for you. Uh, what you When you're involved in is really a team, and you ran through everything that's going on with the critical areas of focus for Central and Eastern Pennsylvania with Xfinity, 10G, and so forth. What is it like for you to have that kind of team around you, considering you've always had been a part of something that is a team? Yeah, it's a tremendous feeling. I tell you, we've got some incredible people that work here in the Keystone region. Now, the things I like about it is, one, you still have that entrepreneurial spirit. But every day you get up and and you, you we, we go to work every day with a sense that we can make a difference and then have the opportunity to be a part of an, an incredible company that you have an opportunity to deliver tremendous products and services that are high quality. But more importantly, we started the conversation. You're helping to solve the digital divide. And that means so much for so many people in our communities that we serve. And then be able to participate and give back you know, that's one of the things that I loved about my time at Penn State is, is was always talking about, hey, how do we give back and appreciate the moment and, and appreciate the fact that, you know, 80,000, 100,000 people show up to see you. Um, you've got to be able to put your best foot forward on a daily basis, make sure that you're doing everything to be prepared 
and doing everything to represent the company well. And, and the things that we take pride of is making sure that we represent Comcast Xfinity well in terms of being able to participate and get engaged in the community that we service as well. Ray, you're one of the many that make the place proud, and we appreciate the time you gave us today. It was great catching up with you. Thank you. Thank you and your listeners. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you in, uh, in Happy Valley on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to it, Ray. Thanks so much. And that is former Nindy Lion Ray Roundtree enjoying his business life now and a lot of success there, so it was good to catch up with Ray when he joined us on the show a couple of weeks ago. Coming up in the next hour, we'll have a replay of Action Network College Football Insider Brett McMurphy. He joined us on the show on Monday with all the latest going on in college football. It's a never-ending news cycle when it comes to realignment and these media deals. We're talking about the ACC Magnificent Seven. We're talking about maybe the end of the Pac-12 or where things stand as or don't stand right now as that stalemate continues there with trying to get a new media deal for the Pac-12. All of the latest controversies around the Big Ten media deal that have come up all of a sudden in the last couple of days. So we'll get into that with him in the next half hour. That's followed by a replay of former Nindy Lion quarterback Matt McGloin, who was on the sideline for Big Ten Network during the spring game at Beaver Stadium a couple of months ago. So that's call coming up in the final hour of today's show. A best of the Steve Jones Show. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.